G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. How you doing today buddy? Not too bad. Yourself? Mate, I'm pretty good. Uh, coming back from a uh, weekend away down in the uh, southwest of WA was was good fun, but came back to a lot of injury news and uh, really yeah. poor fantasy scores as well. Yeah. On the other hand, though, there were also some really good fantasy scores. There were some huge ones, but geez, the injuries really bring you down, don't they? Some of yeah, some of them are a, a bit upsetting. Are really unfortunate, especially for draft leagues. You know, if you you've got a close matchup with a with a mate in your league and someone goes down on 25 points or 50 points, it really hurts. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to come back. But we're going to move past that. We're going to jump straight into last round's footy action. Uh, and the first game of the round was actually way back on Thursday night. We're looking at uh, Adelaide versus Geelong. Um, Adelaide just got there in the end, but it was a, a pretty intriguing clash, actually. Yes. It was, uh, it was close, uh, and we had some big scores. So just jumping straight into Adelaide's team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rory Laird, I mean, we're not even going to talk about yeah. him. He's, he's just amazing. He's back from injury, and he hasn't missed a beat. <laughs> he, he's incredible. Um, Rory Sloan, though. This one is interesting. The three Rorys, actually, were the highest scorers <laughs> yeah. for Adelaide. That's really weird, but... <laughs> I find it interesting they just have three Rorys in the one team. Yeah, that's true. It's, and they're all best 22 at the moment. It's almost as bad as the uh, the jack-off for St Kilda, but nothing's quite as interesting as that. Especially um, that one is called the jack-off. <laughs> but, but we call it the jack-off, because what else are you going to call it? That's the only option. Really. <laughs> um, so Rory Sloan, 111. I've had a lot of people interested in him as a cheap... Uh, midfield option, actually. Not for me. Mm-hmm. In salary cap, obviously. In, in salary cap, obviously, yeah. yes. So, not for me, purely just because this was his third game back from injury. First game was solid without being startable. Second game, cracked the ton. This game, cracked the ton. I think it was 111 for both of those games, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the concern is the fact that... Um, He's been really good the last two weeks. Adelaide have been really good the last few weeks. Teams are going to start putting attention into him and he's going to start getting that hard tag again. Yeah, they will. And he, when he does get the hard tag, it really is tricky for him to score. I mean, we know a lot of players do get the tag and have the ability to work through it. Sloan hasn't showed that just yet. No. So, from a fantasy point of view, at least. No. So, And his next game is against Brisbane. <clears throat> Brisbane do tag. Yeah, I, oof. Now, he's, he is 595,000, break-even of 82. Um, so, he is very, very cheap. That is cheap as very chips. Very cheap. Look, you could take a risk on it, and this is probably the time of the season where if you are really low in the rankings, as you and myself both are at the moment, yes. uh, to our great shame, uh, we you know this is the point of the year where, yeah, you can take a couple of risks to either try and help you get back into finals contention for your leagues, or maybe even just as a... You know, trying to get a bit of um, dignity back, trying to uh, <laughs> trying to claw your way back up the rankings. Yeah, I, I just feel there's <coughs> points of difference that I would feel more comfortable with than Sloan. Yeah, that's as true. much as I love him as a player. It's not too bad. Uh, Rory Atkins comes back in after being di- uh, dropped from the side. Mm-hmm. Scores a ton. He's probably going to get forty next week. Move on. Yeah, th- this tends to be what he does. Even he's... in draft leagues, off the waiver wire, he's a massive risk. Yeah, he, when he goes on a on a bit of a run, he's good. But um, yeah, like you said, he he does go missing quite often. He does, and some good scorers from some of the others. Tom Lynch, ninety four, was great for draft league owners. Uh, Matty Crouch, ninety four, isn't enough. A lot of people would have bought him in last week. Yeah, uh, myself included. Uh, but give, don't don't jump off the bandwagon. That's it's one you know mediocre score. 
Yep. He'll move through that and hopefully go uh, crack the ton next week. Yep, and it's not the worst mediocre score. Yeah. Um, the worst, or one of the worst mediocre scores would be Bryce Gibbs, 84. He's actually, he's just not performed the past couple of weeks after we actually gave him the uh, green light and saying... Uh, mm-hmm. both Brody and myself on the podcast a couple of weeks ago suggesting that he was a terrific player to bring in yeah and he just hasn't shown anything the past couple of weeks on fantasy point it's been of view. really disappointing Sloan um, seems to have hurt him a bit but yeah, it's hard to say if that's correlation or not it is difficult to say what might be interesting is if Sloan starts to get those hard tags <clears throat> whether Gibbs rebounds a little bit yeah um, in his place true so yeah. um yeah, 680,000, break-even of 132. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're hanging on to him, you're hanging on to him for the long run for the rest of the season because he's bleeding cash at the moment. He is. Um, uh, just quickly on two more Adelaide players, uh, Tommy Dode, he's done an amazing job and even in the past couple of weeks, he scored terrifically. But if you still have him in your salary cap sides, it's time to move him on. You need to look to upgrade him to a to a, uh, a premium defender. So... Yep. Someone like Lockie Whitfield, who's, field, who's come off an amazing game. Someone like, uh, you know, obviously Rory Laird, if you don't have him. Maybe even Cade Simpson, who's a little bit cheaper. But it's mm-hmm. just time to mm-hmm. offload Dode. Um, and another one is uh, Jordan Gallucci. Just showed a little bit in this game, which was good. Um, he was a highly touted draft pick a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Just keep an eye on him over the next few weeks. Um, I wouldn't recommend stashing him in a keeper league just yet or picking him up. But he he's on does. Your watch list, is he? Yeah, he's on my watch list. He had talent at draft level. Um, yeah. He just needs a really he's good got run. Speed as well. He does. So speed and class. It'll be interesting to see what he can make of himself as a fantasy player. Uh, we'll move on to the cats, and I mean, it's hard to move past Dangerfield. Game high, hundred and fifty-one. <laughs> can we take credit for this? Because we bagged him out last week. We, Mostly me, if we, I'm honest. I, no, you bagged him out big time, mate. So I, I'm going to take a little bit of credit. He obviously heard and decided to show me who's he, boss. He bounced back. And um, he bounced back with a vengeance. So Patrick Dangerfield, hundred and fifty-one. He's been given in salary cap, so AFL fantasy DPP status. So he is now a forward eligible player. That makes him very, very interesting. So he was worth almost nothing as a midfielder because he just wasn't putting the performances together. This is what he can do, and he's now been averaging over 100 for his last 13 games with this big score included. That makes him a must-have forward almost. There are some forwards who are just sort of stringing things along Mm. at the moment. Yeah, so 660,000, break-even of 82. He's already owned by 25% of teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that sort of price, we're looking at who we got there in that forward line. I'd suggest sort of a, maybe Westhoff might be around about that. Um, Westhoff is 680. Mm-hmm. Wingard, 609 if you've got him. Menegola, 655. Yeah. Um, See, I would rank Dangerfield above Menegola in terms of who I would rather have in my forward line. I would rank Dangerfield above, uh, oh, jeez, uh, Westhoff as well, about in who I would prefer in my forward line. Uh, there, there's a lot of guys who he is just significantly better than in yeah, terms of forwards. So mm. you kind of need to work hard to move him in in the next couple of weeks because a lot of these guys uh, who already own him, uh, they just may swing him straight forward. Exactly. They may have been just holding on to him in the midfield in the hope that he would get DPP status. He has yeah. now. They'll swing him straight forward and bring in a premium midfielder, yep. and you'll be left in the lurch. So you need to work hard to get him in the next couple of weeks if you want to remain competitive. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because we have been bagging him out, but as a midfielder, 
a hundred average isn't enough as a f- or dead on a hundred. As a mm. forward, it's fantastic. Yeah, you probably do need to bring him in. Mm. Uh, Gary Ablett had good score from him, 110, but he's just too inconsistent at the moment to consider. Reese Stanley. I, I Don't mean, worry, a couple of weeks he'll be out of the team. No, 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 no. We, we, we said that a couple of weeks ago after he had another 100. Mm-hmm. And he's actually strung together some pretty good scores. He will I be out honest, of the team soon. I honestly think that this could be... Reese Stanley could be their Ruckman going forward. I think he will be their Ruckman. And that is a big call because no one knows who Geelong's Ruckman is. I don't. Chris Scott doesn't know who Geelong's Ruckman is. I am not sold <laughs> at all. But for draft league he, owners... He's showing, putting... it, he's showing glimpses so many times before. Uh, yeah, I get you. Alright, I'm, I'm putting my mark on this. For draft league owners, Reese Stanley is the Geelong Ruckman going forward. And obviously that would be thrown way out of whack if the uh, trade rumours for Scott Lysett are true, but... At the moment, I'm saying it's Reece Stanley because he is showing an awful lot. Um, uh, yeah, so a, a lot of the other draft guys did particularly well in this game with Tim Kelly again with a 98, Tommy Hawkins with 98, uh, even Zach Tui with 93 when he was, I think he was injured and taken off the ground at the start of the fourth quarter. Yeah, he copped a hit. Uh, I think they took him off to test him for concussion mm-hmm. and then he was fine, so they brought him back on. Oh, okay, that's all right then. Um, the, the downside, of course, was, you know, some of the... There's just so many mouths to feed at Geelong and Mitch Duncan with an 83, Sam Menegola with an 82, Joel Selwood, who a lot of people bought in last week yeah. uh, after he's had a, a really great one with a 73. Yeah, they just can't not good all be great every week. Yeah. And this week was... Dangerfield, Dangerfield and Gary Ablett's week. Yeah. So Duncan has been sort of tracking this way for a while. So if you do have him in um, salary cap, mm-hmm. um, he would be one... Be top that, of the trade list for me. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Menegola keeps his spot purely because of the forward line eligibility, but he'd also be on the chopping block otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Quinton Narkle, nice little 57 from him. He's still making you some money, so make sure that he stays in your side because uh, unless you're forced to play him on the field, because at this point of the year, you really shouldn't be playing more than, at the most, one rookie on your field in uh, salary cap leagues, I would suggest. Yep. Any, any more than that at this stage of the year, it's, it's just too much. Yep. Um, so Narkle, 262. Thousand break even of ten. Um, first thing Melbourne this week. He's he's got money to make still. Yep. Uh, we might push on to the second game of the round, which was the Friday night St Kilda Carlton clash. I mean, Carlton are just getting beaten pillar to post at the moment. It's really depressing. Can we hope they don't have Friday night games next year? I, I mean, I could understand one, but I think that they got four or something like that. Ridiculous this year. I, I don't know what they the, showed last year. The even scheduling to... was good last year from memory. They didn't. They gave them maybe one or two last year. Yeah, yeah that sounds about a right. A couple of years ago where they were on like every second week. But then it's like they forgot that they were terrible oh, or God. they were expecting them to take a massive jump this year or something. You, you've got to show something though for me with those Friday night games. You can't just assume that they'll take a jump. If they take a jump the next year and perform really well, then the year after that you reward them with some Friday yeah. night games. It just seems confusing to me. Yeah. But from a fantasy point of view, some huge scores on the St. Kilda side uh, yep. led by three of the Jacks uh, in Stephen Steele and Billings. Yep. Uh, I mean, Stephen, we know what he can do. He is too up and down for me in salary cap yeah, leagues. This I had him year. earlier this year and you he was did. just painful. Mm. He was all over the place, so I moved him on a little while ago before it, he did this. In draft leagues, you would have picked him up a little way down the list and he would have rewarded you in a fair few games this People year. People always forget about him, but he is elite. Mm. 
and Jack Steele as well. I mean, Brody was uh, harping on about him a little bit uh, when he was on the podcast, and he's he has done reasonably well good, this year. He's had a good month or so. Mm. Um, he's center only, and he's a redraft. Oh, he's a draft guy, obviously. So mm-hmm. center only in um, Ultimate Footy. Um, he has slow patches every now and again, but he's generally good for about an eighty-five to ninety-five most weeks. Every now and again, will go big like this. Usually on the back of a lot of tackles. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we are, and Jack Billings as well. So Jack Billings is definitely back, and the reason, for some reason, Alan Richardson might be because you're playing him more through the midfield. Now, obviously, it's it's a bit of a fifty-fifty split at the moment, but that's much better for Billings than the. The almost 80-20 split, considering how much time he was sitting in the forward line uh, before that. So, I mean, you play him in the midfield, he's going to get more of the pill, and he's getting more points as a result. So, it's great yep. to see from Billings, especially yep. for our keeper league owners. Using who will... those elite skills. Oh, absolutely. Um, Rowan Marshall jumped up with 114, but that is just... That's a one-off, I would suggest. I don't know. I reckon earlier this year, when he was in the team, he was pretty good as well. But he then he went out 56 injured. points, though. Before that. So, before this game, he was averaging 56 points from his six games he played earlier in the year, I believe. Alright, maybe it was one or two isolated good games. Because yeah. Because I do remember him going off the waivers in our league very early. Well, the tall guys, they do take a little bit of time, uh, a little bit of uh, an introduction to AFL level before yeah. they can really perform no, consistently. He's a 22-year-old forward. He's played, what's that, seven games? Uh, yeah, he's had an 80, a bunch of 40s. 50, 70, and 114, so... Um, it's it's not an... I mean... He, he's not even quite a stash in keepers, but he is one for the watch list for next year. Absolutely. Because he had a lot of hitouts in this game, so maybe he might be... Be that second Ruckman for St Kilda, and they would like a permanent second Ruckman slash forward. And he can do both those roles. That's true. So, watch list for next year, and yeah. keepers, maybe. Yeah, I, I would have a look at him over the summer, absolutely. Um, David Armitage it continues his great run. He's been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and Luke Dunstan as well. I mean, yeah. he's got a lot of promise, but he just needs to put it together consistently over an entire season for our, us fantasy coaches to really take notice of him, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anyone else there that you really want to... I mean, Ed Phillips was an interesting one for me. There would have been some coaches out there who would have been forced to... I played him um, on the field hang this on week. To him. I also played him on the field this week for a nice little 82 oh, from Ed Phillips. Very pleased he managed to pull that out. Oh, it was better than uh, than uh, other rookies like Braden Sear, for example, who had that injury. So yeah. uh, you may have got, might have got a bit kissed with this selection, but yep. he's still got money to make. As well, because he yeah. had that break even of about eighteen or something going into this. Oh, I'll tell you what his break even is now. Yeah, it'll it must be somewhere in the high twenties at the very most. I would suggest um, twenty nine. Twenty nine. They're off. So what, he's still got my money. What a make. guess! <laughs> what a guess! Four hundred and twelve k, and yeah, break even at twenty nine. So mm. he's still got money to make this week. Yeah, um, Hunter Clark as well is really interesting next year for keepers and maybe even redraft leagues if he can string some consistency together he won't be redraft eligible um, oh. relevant next year oh, as, keepers, a, as a defender yes. though as a defender he hasn't shown enough this year man trust me I've got him no no keepers. this is this is for next year this is the I next know, year and, I, I, and depending on what he shows over the summer as well this is not, not I know but I'm just saying I've got him in keepers so I've been watching him very mm. closely this year <coughs> he has not shown enough scoring wise that any point this year to make me think he's going to be relevant next year. I think he'll be good eventually, but I think it'll be a third-year breakout. I don't think it'll be second year. I suppose second years are, obviously, the second-year blues. is Historically not great. Very, very tricky to work through for fantasy players. He needs to work on 
he's a bit his speed of the game is a little bit too fast for him most of the time he gets caught with the ball a lot yeah so he needs to really work on that Fair cool. Um, so we'll move on to the Carlton players. And, I mean, Paddy Cripps is the top of the list every single week pretty much for them. It's yeah. it's pretty sad, to be honest. So uh, just, just... It's like him and Kerner. Him, Kerner, and, and, Kerner. and Simpson. Yeah, sometimes. So yeah. uh, it does get pretty tough. Um, and Ed Kernow chose this week to bob up after a lot of people would have traded him out after a very poor run there. Yeah. So it's always the way, isn't it? I mean, you trade the guy out, and I traded him out this week for Matt Crouch. I moved he's, him on for someone as well. I can't remember who. He's beat oh, Menegola. Menegola. Oh, yeah, true. Might have been a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so, and he's beaten Matt Crouch by 16 points. Not much, you would think. Still, it's, this it's a sucker punch. Year, every point counts. Jeez, it's... I don't think he's... Don't bring him back in based no. on this, though. This was against a team that does give up a lot of points. True. Um, and, and he does still play for Carlton. But there is a huge drop-off from there. So Ed Kernow's 110 goes all the way down to our boy Zach Fisher on 83. And he's showing a lot this year. Our boys. Our, our boy Zach Fisher. Fisher and Kernow. Oh, and Charlie Kernow, of course. Yeah, I know, how much, I know how much you love Charlie Kernow. Um, did, did you watch this game? I had a little bit of a look, yeah. Did you see the bit? I think it was in Carlton's back pocket where it was... Who was it? It was... Dow got it to Lockie O'Brien. He got it to Fisher, who got it back to Dow or something like that. And they were just I did see that around yeah. on the, and then the they wing. Got, they got that to Charlie oh, Kerr. That was amazing. Line. That's the future of Carlton right there. That was so good. They just need to bring in a few more of those sort of types. Yeah. Maybe all three, <coughs> four of them involved in that. You're just like, oh, they're going to be good. Oh, it's, they're going to be a great team in the future. Uh, it's just a downside. Like Players for draft leagues like Mark Murphy and even salary cap guys like Kate Simpson on 73 and 72 respectively. Yeah. It's not enough. I mean, especially Cade Simpson. We'd be hoping for much more than that, even in a loss. Yeah, long season, and it's getting to the point where they're probably just going, they just want it to end. Yeah. They want it over and done with. Agreed. Uh, Limping home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And Matty Cruiser had a very strange injury. It was another one of those, like Caleb Marchbank uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, he had an elevated heart rate, and he just couldn't bring himself to get back on the field. He, He felt like... I, I can't quite remember breathe. the quote, but he couldn't breathe. Yeah, uh, couldn't all of his run, muscles wouldn't move. work. Bizarre. It's really strange. I haven't heard Hopefully of too many of those. He's all right. Yeah, I, I hope so too. But it that eleven on the fields for a lot of draft owners would have hurt yeah. big time. Absolutely. Um, so, and if you do somehow own Cruiser in a salary cap league, you need to move him on now. Move Absolutely, on. move him on. on. Uh, we'll move on to the next game of the round, which was, I mean, close to a favourite of mine. I know it wasn't a particularly close game, but I. Brisbane Lions are almost everyone's second favourite team at the moment. They're putting in some good performances lately. They've been the perennial underdogs for years, and they've just strung three wins together. That's yeah. And they haven't done that for a long, no, long time. No, that's pretty special to watch. And they had some pretty decent scorers as well. So Dane Beams, of course. I mean, you weren't big on him last week. I know yeah. you're not a fan of his consistency, and he can go on runs. He's another one, though, that's really proving me wrong. He really is. He's Mate, been playing very well. A couple well. of these professional AFL players, they've sat down, they've listened to the podcast, they've taken some notice from well, a Let certain... me know who else you're disappointed in. I'll give him a bake, and then they'll come good in a, the next week. Mate, I'll give you my entire fantasy team, <laughs> and you can just lay into them and just sort of give them, a, uh, give them one up, eh? But no, Beams has been... Amazing. Apparently, um, during the game, they were saying that since he gave up the captaincy, his all his numbers have just spiked through the roof. Less so. pressure, so uh, it does help. Some some people 
really respond to the captaincy posit- positively. Mm. But some people, it's just too much pressure. So Dane, especially with the other stuff going on in the ab- absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, I, and who who are we to judge that sort of thing as well? We're exactly. not going through that. So, so uh, but all we can say is he's been fantastic yep. in fantasy. Yep. Another favorite of the uh, podcast next, Jared, Jared Berry. Berry. He is a personal favorite of mine as well. I know, I mean, you, I like know you like him as well, but. He just looks really good. He's got a composed head on his shoulders. Uh, so for keeper leagues, if he's unowned and your waiver wire pickup uh, window hasn't closed, go and pick him up. Stash him on the bench because he has the ability to be he's a good midfielder. He's had a lot of good scores this year. Well, he's averaged just over 75 for the year. Yeah, so he's in 65% of ultimate footy leagues. Mm-hmm. and He's played 15 games this year and he has had... Only the three tons, but he's had one, two, another couple in the 90s. So yeah. at the moment, it's still a little inconsistent, but you can see signs there that he's going to be a good player. It could be something pretty special there. Um, a, a lot of pretty decent scores for some of the other guys. A few in the 90s with Alex Withered and Zorko, Steph Martin, Hugh McCluggage as well, who's been fantastic. All mm. scoring those uh, those pretty decent scores there. Uh, interesting one for me was uh, Tommy Cutler was a bit down this week, but... I just noticed that after our discussion last week on him, whether mm. he might pick up forward status, whether he might be a defender mid next year or even a mid forward, yep. uh, that he was given midfield status as a DPP for AFL Fantasy this week. That is an interesting one, yeah. That's a big... I mean, we, we looked at his hot spots uh, last week. Or his heat map, I should say. Yep. And uh, it was very... You were concerned he was going to be a wing only next year. I was was very concerned. And this only adds to my concerns. Because he is, while he's playing that high wing role, uh, even rolling up onto the half forward flank, Mm. his earlier stats in the back flank might even out and make him a midfield status next year. I, I maintain that I think they would do a slightly more mature and involved look at his numbers than yeah, that. I would hope so as well. Because that's where it all comes from and they are all over the stats. So. They, they are professionals over there, yeah. but they throw out some curveballs every year. And yeah, But uh, I am starting to get concerned now as well. Mm. Uh, so, apart from that, we might move on to the Hawks. And I mean, Tommy Mitchell, uh, last week he was down, this week he just threw it back in our faces. <laughs> he was for not people. down this oh. week. He, he was on 120 at half time, and I mean, he could have had a monster score, well, but they figured his work was done him. by that point. So, oh, well, it clearly wasn't because Hawthorne went down in the end. But he, he did, he'd done his part by that point. I mean, that is true. He was terrific as well. So, for me, I'm just. Uh, I'm leaving the captaincy on Tom Mitchell pretty every week. Every once in a while, he'll have a down game. He'll score yeah. a 95. He might even be tagged and score an 85, and it'll suck. But the the remaining three games, he'll get 140 or 150, and you're missing out on those. Yeah, I mean, you're rolling the dice when you're going with someone else. Um, sometimes we can outsmart ourselves. Exactly, that's the best way this, to phrase it. This one, don't try and outsmart yourself. Just lock it in. He'll be good nine times out of ten. I, agreed. Um, Liam Shields was really good this week for draft owners. He's, I mean, he's one of those underrated midfield players but he's underrated for a reason because he doesn't consistently put those fantasy scores together. I mean, he looks like he could have been a 100-plus averaging midfielder at one stage like for a, a number of years, mm. but he just hasn't done that regularly, which which is a bit disappointing. Yeah. Uh, just in terms I of fantasy. I don't really have I mean, much to add to that. Yeah. He's a, I mean, he's averaging 97 for the year. It's He, he just looks like... He's a perfect draft guy. Yeah, exactly. We, um, which is what we always say about Hawthorne. So many draft guys. So many. I mean, Jaeger O'Meara is another one. 123, great score from him. 
Uh, James Sicily obviously has jumped up into uh, salary cap contention and he's still looking fantastic with a 96, so solid as anything. Uh, Then a big jump down, actually. Isaac Smith on 80 and Gunston on 77. There's just a huge drop-off from a lot of other players there. Positive signs from Ryan Burton, though. 73. Yeah, Got yeah. busy in the second half. Hopefully, he's building to something. Um, Fingers crossed. And a massive drop-off from recent weeks from Luke Bruce with a 51 there um, mm. after his run of averaging over 100 over the past <laughs> month. So, Yeah, but in his defense, the ball just wasn't getting into the forward line in the second half. Nightmare game. And normally, you would expect Hawthorne to be incredible down in Tasmania as well. It just... They just... Well, Brisbane were all over them basically Brisbane, Brisbane were, all were fantastic Brisbane were all over them in round 9 this year as well at the Gabba yeah it was interesting to see wasn't it That's, it'll be interesting to see what happens next year it's really it would be something really weird if Hawthorne were Brisbane's bunnies that would that, be hilarious Brisbane should not have bunnies <laughs> anywhere at the competition if Hawthorne is Brisbane's bunnies that would be amazing uh, we'll move on to the next game of the round which was uh, the Demons versus the Bulldogs this was another one-sided contest unfortunately yeah pretty close in the first quarter well, first half actually it was pretty close and then just um, broke away did Melbourne they? went berserk in the third half yeah. quarter I mean Angus Brayshaw is just proving once again that you need to have him in defence he's another one who if you are playing like Tom Dode and you don't have Angus Brayshaw you have to have Brayshaw absolutely have to have yeah, Angus he's, Brayshaw he's approaching Laird levels of you need to have him in salary cap absolutely agree with that uh, Clayton Oliver we've talked about him weeks before he's the prototype midfielder for fantasy he's still very young and I mean we said a couple of weeks ago that you could bring him in as really underpriced midfielder and if you did hats off to you because he's paying you who we're talking about to start off is a point of difference um ooh which one Sloan Sloan I would rather have Oliver than Sloan so would I but Sloan is 105,000 or maybe even 120,000 cheaper than uh, Clayton Oliver at the moment so the price is a big factor but as a POD, I love Clayton Oliver. Yep. Always have. Uh, Maxi Gorn, 108. Nice and solid from him. Mm-hmm. He's uh, After Grundy was pretty soundly beaten uh, this weekend, he does yeah. look like he will absolutely be the All-Australian Ruckman again this year. Yeah, he's had a good good year. Might even be close to the Brownlow, to be honest. I mean... I heard someone mention that on the broadcast. I, ca- I can't quite remember who said that, but whoever did, they've Ruckman, got the right idea. Ruckman I mean, don't get. But he's been best on ground in like eight or nine of their games. But Ruckman. No, I know he's a Ruckman. Um, I, I would mean, love for him to get a brown line. Uh, he's the Ruck- such a great personality. Yeah, the Ruckman, like most in recent memory, who had a, even a, a snifter at getting it would have been like Dean Cox back in the mid-2000s because and, he racked up so much of the ball and he never yeah, got anywhere so near I it either. Would, I just can't see it happening. It'd be tough to see. But I mean, Dusty I'd, Martin I'd hasn't, yeah, hasn't got up to those levels. Dangerfield hasn't been particularly amazing this year. Obviously, are, Fife is both injured and ineligible. A lot of guys are either ineligible and or have missed time with injury. McRae's missed a bit of a, yeah. a patch there. He yeah. would be up there Tom as well. Mitchell has been tagged in and out of games as well. It'll be very interesting to see the Brownlow this year. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Gaff's another one who would be really high up that list. Yep. Uh, Jesse Hogan for back coming back to this game was yes. terrific with 108. But again, this is this is one particularly good game. Uh, you know, hopefully it shows he's turning the corner though because he's been a little bit hidden. He had lately. he had a bit of a down patch uh, for about a month there. But if he can turn that around and go back to what he was, draft owners would absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, of some of the other players, uh, Charlie Spargo coming back in 82 was a really solid score again from him. Yep, yep. Uh, and. 
He is showing a little bit of something, but there's just, again, this is almost a Geelong syndrome here for Melbourne. There's so many mouths to feed that it's going to be hard to see some of those second and third tier yeah. midfielders. Get... They've got, they're another team that has a lot of draft relevant guys, but yeah. not all of them fire every week. Yeah. Uh, just a quick word before we move on to the Bulldogs on Christian Petrarca. Hmm. I don't know what to make of Christian Petrarca at the moment. <laughs> yes. This is, I mean, you would think in games like this that if he is playing forward, that these would be the sort of games that he would score particularly well in because yes. the ball is entering Melbourne's uh, forward 50 quite regularly. Yep. But he's just not putting it together. I, he's still young. He has time to get that. But for draft league, keeper league owners in particular, I'm, myself, I am one now, yeah. uh, it, it is pretty frustrating because he's got all the talent to be something pretty special yeah. for fantasy. Yeah, he's going to... Yeah, I, I tend to be with you. I'm not quite sure what to make of him. Um, I've had him in redraft the f- last few years, and generally he's a pretty good for about an 80 most weeks. Mm. But this year, he's been a lot more inconsistent. So yeah, it, which is weird because Melbourne have been much better this year. So yeah, it's interesting. I, I know friend of the podcast Brody does not rate him as a fantasy player. Absolutely doesn't rate him as a fantasy player. He might player. be up to something, but he's still young. There is time yeah, to turn yeah, this absolutely. around. Uh, so we'll move on to the Bulldogs, which is, uh, I mean, Jack McRae coming back in. All eyes were on him this week. Mm. And 133, I mean, he just continued on from his form before he was injured. He is fantastic. So, McRae, 781,000. His break-even is still 161. Of course it is. So <laughs> he's a... still got a fair way to drop. So don't go after him this week. Give nope. him a couple, probably a fortnight. Yeah, I give him a fortnight, I would say. Uh, Bring him in just in time for finals. Yeah, we've got a couple of questions on him, I believe, as well. So we'll push past him to Lockie Hunter, which was, I mean, great score from him. Uh, another one from Jordan Re- Roughhead as well with 101. A nice, solid score against think, Maxi Gorn, actually. Um, uh, yeah, I think he's only just come back into the side as well. So he he's pretty much playing for his future at the moment. First, so. first game back into the side after five weeks off, either injured or... I think he was injured He's initially. injured, so... Uh, and, yeah, terrific from him. And Mitch Wallace as well has been pretty good this year, to be honest. I mean, he's averaging up above, uh, I think it's 84 this year. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if he can cement a spot, keep an eye on him in redraft for next year. Keep an yeah. eye on him over the summer. That's that's all I'm saying. Yeah, uh, yeah. If because he's still on the team. That's, well, this is the other thing, because obviously Josh Dunkley's coming through and doing amazingly so Dunkley's on the back end of this year. Uh, Toby McLean, while he's been down the past couple of weeks and an 84 isn't what you'd want from him. Had a great year. He's had a great year, and he is playing much more midfield time, so that's going to take some away. Um, yeah, and obviously you've got players like Luki Dalhouse there as well. Um, uh, even... Uh, what's the the young fella's name? Big Red Richards. <laughs> Ed Richards, yep. Red Richards. Red, Red Richards are uh, running through the midfield a little bit as well. Uh, the only other one I want to sort of mention from the Bulldogs before we move on quickly might be uh, Brad Lynch. Yep. Forty one. <sighs> nah, not two hundred and fifty nine thousand break even of eleven. So oh, he's, he's still, still making money. You money. To make. He's absolutely still making you money, and he. The tough thing would be, though, he might be dropped this week. After a poor performance in a losing side, That and obviously he's only played the three games, that's yeah. my worry. If Crozier comes back in, he might make way for Crozier, because they play similar type roles. Yeah. Although, on the other hand, Lipinski had nine touches. I, for some reason, Lipinski is still playing in the uh, the seniors, and that, uh, if Lipinski keeps his spot over Lynch... That would be just mind-boggling for me because Lipinski's been poor for the better part of a month, but Lynch has been very good. He just had a down week. Yeah. So okay. you'd hope that he keeps his spot. 
Uh, we'll move on to the, uh, I think this was the other Saturday night game from memory, which was uh, Gold Coast versus the Bombers. Yep. Uh, again, you know, a bit one-sided. You, you always thought Essendon were going to win this quite comfortably, to be honest. Yeah, I didn't see anything else happening. <laughs> but Zach Merritt, I mean, he's he's looking so good. He's uh, the turned, second he's, half of the year. Yeah, second half of the year, he's been amazing. Fantastic. So, at the point where we kind of just moved past him, I think. Absolutely. Uh, Dyson Heppel uh, has also been very good. Just had an injury-interrupted uh, section in the middle there. Uh, mm-hmm. Dev Smith is now, I believe I saw a tweet from uh, AFL Fantasy saying that Dev Smith is now the highest-ranked forward in the competition at the moment. So he is the highest-scoring forward um, on average for the uh, AFL Fantasy this year, which is huge. So hopefully you started the year off with him, but if you didn't, and for some reason you still don't have him, you've got to bring him in. Uh, He is. He is 103.1. Which is huge for a forward. Owned by 35% of teams. He's been massive this year. He's having a great year, yeah. Uh, Andy McGrath, I mean, obviously this is one-off compared to some of his other performances this year, but he is a very talented player. For dra- keeper league owners, keep the faith out there. You have to hold him this year at the end of this year. Absolutely, yeah. You wouldn't be dropping him. Oh, I, I imagine some people might, though. There's, Why? I, well, he's been poor this year. They might just look at average and say mm. he's, he's averaged 72 for the year. Um, I'd be pretty happy with that for a second year. I suppose you defender. would. You absolutely would. And don't get me wrong. I, I would never think about dropping him. But there are coaches out there who solely look at averages at the end of the year and drop based off of that. Second year defender. Um, Kyle Langford has been very, very good the past month. Very solid. He's As getting proper midfield minutes. Yeah, um, none of this half-forward rubbish. Yeah, exactly. Him before. Uh, so if he maintains that, he is absolutely a watch list for next year. He is very, very good. He's one of those big-bodied midfielders. We talked about this last week. Um, I need this. If he's unowned in the Keeper League, go and grab him. He needs to be owned in Keeper Leagues. Yep, so he's 81% of <coughs> leagues own him, um, and you're quite right. In his last, uh, let's last month mm-hmm. he's had 93 102 55 and 105 so he's had a poor score intermixed with three very very good scores and yep. he's forward eligible this year so yeah and in the run home he's got um frio hawthorne and saints who will give up points oh, that's that's terrific that that's fantastic so yeah there's a 19 percent of leagues there where he's available if you can pick him up play him on the field i like I'd be playing for, the, for those remaining 19% of um, uh, leagues that don't own him everyone should be picking him up playing him on the field in the forward line yep. because he could easily average 90 which is fantastic uh, yeah is there anyone else you want to point out from uh, from Essendon there Matt Darcy Parrish back in after a fair few weeks off yes, I just uh, saw him he played very very well and he got coaches votes he actually got three coaches votes in this big win which was interesting nice. the downside is he did that with only 84 fantasy points so keep an eye on how he builds back into the the end of this season I'd be pretty happy with him coming back in for 84 points I would that's a pretty good first up effort 26 ab- touches 2 marks 2 tackles and a goal mm, uh, the only downside is obviously he's a smaller bodied player the 2 tackles is probably the issue there hopefully he can mm. pick that up um, but he's got the talent there, so keep an Absolutely. eye on him. Uh, Gold Coast Suns, uh, basically it was Jared Lyons. The man he, of mystery. Man of mystery. He has returned. He's, I mean, he's a good fantasy player. We know what he can do when he's played in the right role. 80, 104 points from him. 
But then a massive drop off down to the key defender Stephen May with the second highest score with oh, eighty seven. That's never a good sign. No, ten marks is pretty impressive. Though. Oh mate, he was t- there was a it was a good round for some key defenders out there actually. Mm. Players like uh, McGovern, Hearn, uh, Alir, Alir as well. Uh, and Although he was playing forward for half the game, was he actually for half Maybe the not game? Half the game I, I think it was towards the end of the last quarter. Last I know he, quarter he went. He forward. kicked basically the winning goal. I know that much. Um, okay. In what was a fantastic game, we'll get to that in a minute. But. Uh, yeah, just some of the other players there. I mean, I guess Wits was okay. You'd be pretty happy with that in a draft league, but there's not really too much to mention, yeah, to be honest. Not really. It, at the moment, it's a little bit of Gold Coast uh, in terms of fantasy, uh, just holding themselves back. They're such a poor team on the field that... They just that, don't get enough of the ball. Exactly. They've got some help coming back. So I know that uh, Cade Collar jasney was very good in the Neapel this weekend. Braden Fiorini came back in from his uh, leg injury, picked yep. up 36 disposals, a goal. As he does. 10 marks and bloody eight, oh, I think it was six tackles or something on, just a casual on return from injury. Though. It just ridiculous. <clears throat> um, so they'll probably come back in. Um, I think there were a couple of others. Uh, Barlow came back from injury and was terrific. Hanley, Hanley, Hanley was, was another one. I would suggest... I Barlow had something ridiculous, like 44 touches. He did, and yeah. And like 10 tackles or something. I would... If I was Stewie Jew, I'd be bringing all four of those guys in. They all, obviously, three of them in uh, Hanley, uh, Fiorini, and Kate Collajasny, they're part of the future, and yep. uh, they're going to be they're very good and players. Barlow can just. Barlow's an experienced head. You may as well, at this back end, try and give your fans a bit of hope and just play at least one more experienced head, maybe yeah. at the risk of a Will Powell who's playing at the moment. Yeah, I don't know. Powell's only just coming to the side, so he probably doesn't need a rest yet. Will Brody's the other one that plays kind of the same role yeah. as Barlow. I'd rather see what Brody can do because he hasn't got a lot of exposure. So mm. Barlow's the one that Calamar I think... Calamar been pretty poor of late. Um, you've yeah. also got uh, Riscatelli, who's, who was poor this week as well, and he's a senior head who should be doing better. He should be, yeah. Um uh, and I, no, I don't think he got injured. Uh, I think Schoenfield is a, is a midfielder as well who just he isn't doing particularly back, well. Back pocket. Yeah, it's, t- it's just tough. They've got a lot of underperforming players. Um, yep. The other Saturday night game from this weekend was uh, GWS Richmond. Uh, this, was this was a game. A ripper. Ripper of a game. I watched that first half of this one. Game of the round? I mean, uh, the North Melbourne-Sydney game would give this one a run, but this one was a fantastic game as well. I mean, this one just kept going back and forth. It really did. Um, Sydney, Greater Western Sydney just got up in the end, and Lockie Whitfield was the fantasy stud from this game. (laughs) Yep. 150 points, uh, what was it, 35 touches, 12 marks, 6 tackles... With all those midfield guys back, it's exactly what we thought midway through the year when he wasn't quite performing. Mm. Uh, I'd say midway through, about a third way of the yeah. way into the year. Um, he's the, the other teams have to pay attention to those other midfielders, like Kelly, like Shield. Yep. He will get off the leash. So Yeah, and he um, did. Um, and get, spent a lot of time at halfback again as well. So. Absolutely. And he has the ability to score there. They might, you might notice that other teams do start to lock down on him a bit more. But you'd never send your main tagger to the halfback no, flank uh, no. against Lockie Whitfield when there's a player like Josh Kelly who can get 40 possessions and destroy you through the yep. middle. Or Shield who can get 20 and, and do, the, and do the exact same thing. Um, yeah. So Whitfield was just fantastic. Uh, Heath Shaw for draft owners was very good this week. Fantastic yep. with 121. Uh, Cogs, Stephen Canelio 
Again, just proving that he's definitely a must-have for the end of the year. Yeah, started on fire, slowed down a little bit, but he, yeah, he's just amazing. Yeah, and Callum Ward, we know what kind of draft guy he is. He's terrific. Uh, Tim Taranto, I mean... I'm liking this. I love the fact that, I mean, he hasn't been quite as good since all these guys have come back, but he's still throwing in the odd 90 and the odd 100 every now and then, which is... Good fortnight from memory. He's he's just a future fantasy player that he's going to be fantastic. So for redraft leagues next year, keep an eye on him because he's going to definitely rocket up the uh, uh, the draft order. Yeah, uh, one hundred and fourteen last week, ninety eight this week. Um, one hundred and fourteen last week. Yeah, wow, he's yeah. had a good fortnight. Wow, fantastic from coinciding with all of these guys back in the team. Yeah, really good to see. And uh, you know, in a win. Uh, this week and a loss last week as well so as GWS are getting more and it was a close loss last week against West Coast so yeah. as they're getting more competitive you know Tim Taranto's starting to step it up as well which is really good to see mm. uh, Josh Kelly a little bit disappointing a little bit disappointing but he did have I think there was a little bit of an injury worry with him it was uh, got a bit of a wrist knock at one yeah, stage yeah someone I think landed on his wrist yeah so I think, I think it was Dusty bit. actually which is yeah, even he was annoying. kind of going pretty slowly the whole game though so I mm. don't think it can really be completely attributed to that yeah. unfortunately um, but I, for me I still think he's going to be one of the better midfielders going into the back end of the competition I agree uh, is there anyone else that you want to talk about particularly mm, not really no I think for um, draft yeah, leagues no, out no. there with two Ruckman uh, that if you managed to pick up Dawson Simpson a couple of weeks ago I know he hasn't been particularly great but he has been holding down his spot and I think he holds that till the end of the year with a uh, or at yeah. least for the next four, th- three or four weeks with uh, Cameron being out. Another two weeks. Another two? I thought it was He's missed five. three already. Oh, has he? Wow, time yeah. flies. So Cameron's back in another two. Dawson might lose his spot. I, I, I imagine he would. Back to the forward. I imagine back he to the ruck, sorry. I imagine he would. Cameron would probably come back in at the expense of Dawson Simpson, and Love would go straight back into that ruck spot. Uh, for Richmond, uh, Brandon Ellis with 101. He's been quite good. We spoke about him last week. Yeah, the resurgence is going pretty well. Which is, which is exactly what we want to see because we need more of those defenders. We need a bit more variety for next year, I would suggest. Yeah. Uh, Dusty Martin with a 91. Uh, well, he he bounced back last week and was terrific. Uh, but this week, again, you know, that's a pretty average score. You're not happy no with... Tackles. No tackles. Yeah, that's Dusty Martin's been doing that this year, actually. He should be tackling the shit out of people. Yeah, you would think so, but uh, no, he's been doing that a fair bit, not really laying tackles this year. So mm. it, it's been pretty disappointing. As someone who owned him from the start of the year up mm. until only a couple of weeks ago, I can tell you how disappointing <laughs> it's been from a fantasy point of view. Uh, and then, I mean, once again, we've fallen into the Richmond hole of they've got so many good contributors across their team yeah. that they just don't have too many stand-ups every single week for fantasy. I mean... Yep. Jack Rewall with an 88. Yeah, you're pretty happy with that for, as a draft owner. And in fact, you're probably very happy with that, oh, as, a with that as a draft because owner. Because he's probably your second uh, last he fielded... pretty late in draft. Uh, ...draft pl- uh, forward. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, some of the other players there just aren't really contributing enough to be uh, considered too highly for fantasy football, I would say. Even, like, uh, Trent Cochin with a 48 was really... I mean, you just couldn't <laughs> find him on the field, to be honest. Uh, I think he was tagged. Uh, Kane Lambert's 80 I mean you're you're pretty happy with that as a forward but it's not quite high enough to be considered and Floston's 69 after being suspended and going on that amazing run prior to that not what you'd hope for but hopefully he can bounce back next week yep yeah Uh, 
let's move on to the uh, first Sunday game of the round, which was uh, Collingwood West Coast. Uh, West Coast ran away with it in the end, to be honest, but it was a pretty tight contest for about two and a half quarters. Yeah, this really surprised me, actually. I was expecting it to be a lot closer than this. Particularly after, and I mean, we'll mention this right off the bat, particularly after Nick Nat went down with his injury, mm. which, again, really unfortunate. And uh, we, at this stage, do not know the outcome of the scan. So our fingers are still crossed for Nick Nat that it's just maybe... Uh, Everything's crossed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a, he's a fantastic player, even just to watch at the football. Um, yeah. But also for fantasy owners, uh, particularly in draft leagues, that's just a, a, a nail through the heart. That yep. really hurts you at this time of year because, uh, I mean, if, especially if you're in finals contention, you know, a lot of waiver lists will, uh, the window will have been closed. Or it's just difficult to find rocks on waivers I at the mean, best it's of times. ridiculous. I mean, who's some of the guys that would be there? Like, you Maybe Magic Door might still be on there, but probably if, not after the last couple of weeks. If you're going to Rock League, yeah, you're not going to have any options, really. It's really a struggle. So, uh, it's unfortunate for owners out there, and I feel for you. Um, so, Jack Redden, 135, has been fantastic in this second half of the year. and Yeah, he's really found his groove. It's it's a shame that it didn't happen earlier, because obviously he had that pretty shocking start from a fantasy point of view. <laughs> yeah. But he's paying those coaches that held the faith in him Back in spades. Yep. He's, he's been terrific. Uh, Luke Shuey is another one who I, I saw on Twitter that someone mentioned is a very, very sneaky, huge fantasy value. He okay. is... Have a little bit of a look at his um, his price because he wasn't average... He was doing terribly, but he's bounced back this week and he was working back from an injury. So you've got to give them a bit of credit when they are coming back from injury. Yep. Give them a, a little bit of a grace period. But that 116, I mean, he has the ability to pump out some big scores. And he could make you a fair bit of money. So He's he pretty be, cheap. He must be about 530 or 520. 557. 550. Break even of 45. Only owned by 2.55% of teams. He's got the Bulldogs next week. So he is 50k. Or he's about 45k cheaper than Rory Sloan, who we were talking up as huge value earlier. He's coming off of 116... Playing the Bulldogs at Optus at 550k. I'd probably rather have Shuey, but I'm not sure that I would want him for the whole year. No, this would be a last-minute, mid-price madness sort of thing going on yeah. where you would just be Which we desperate. don't generally advocate. <laughs> I, I don't advocate that at all. Even after the middle uh, of the season, I don't like bringing in mid-prices. But, I mean, that is cheap. If you are desperate and you're playing, like, Seer on the field, someone like that, or mm. um, you're really worried about, like, an Ed Phillips, for example, who would only cost you about 100k to go up to someone like Chewy, and Chewy's going to be making almost just as much money as quickly as Ed Phillips. Yeah, I guess I'm not a fan of bringing in mid-prices at this point of the year. Mm. Ideally, you want to be bringing in guys that are going to be um, yeah. your... your final team um, unless you can't afford them in which case yeah see the, that's a stepping stone like this probably is the thing to see do that, that is the thing like if you've got a uh, seer on the field or someone like that or maybe even an Ed Phillips and you just can't afford anything more than about 560k you just don't have any other downgrades because there are a lot of rookies who aren't even playing at the moment yeah uh, if you can't do that I love the idea of bringing like a Shui in this week his last three games he's gone 114 versus Adelaide mm-hmm. 96 versus um, 
GWS and then 116 versus so he's, Collingwood. So he's actually done better than I thought as well. So I know he had a couple of poor games before that after injury. Um, yeah, I'm all aboard. So he's run That's... home. He's got bullies. Mm-hmm. Should score well in that. North, don't give up a lot of points. Mm-hmm. The Derby against Frio. Should score pretty well Should in that. Should score, but Frio do lock down sometimes. So. Yeah, it's tough to say. Banfield might go to him or Gaff. It'd be yeah. tough. Uh, then he's got Port, who can give up some scores. Mm-hmm. Melbourne, who generally don't, and then the final round, he's Brisbane. got Brisbane, who give up some points. It's going to be very, very interesting. But uh, I to be honest, it. I don't mind it at all. I it's a, it's it. an interesting idea. Uh, Shannon Hearn uh, and McGovern were both terrific with 109 and 107, respectively. Yep. McGovern's probably one to ignore except for draft leagues, but Hearn has been so good this year. Really consistent. Um, it's just unfortunate that players like... Oh, I say unfortunate, you know. It's, <laughs> he would almost be a top six defender, basically. He's probably the seventh or eighth best yeah, defender that you could have. the eighth, I reckon. Um, but he's just been very good, and uh, it's really come out of the middle of nowhere, to be honest. It has. Yeah, this year's just been mm. bizarre for him. Uh, Gaff keeps getting it done. 109 again from him. I mean, he's basically... I mean, I don't want to jinx the guy, but it almost looks like he's safe for about 110 every week. That seems to be what he's scoring. Yeah. It's fantastic to see. Uh, and then a massive jump down from there. So some of your draft guys with an 83 from Lacroix. Um, Shepard was good this week with an 81. And Yo was massively down. Yeah. That 76 absolutely isn't enough. He should bounce back next week, I would suggest. You'd hope so, Particularly yeah. against I the Bulldogs. I didn't see this one, so I'm not sure what the reason was for it, but... Yeah, listened, it was a bit disappointing. I listened to a fair bit of the game, and it it sounded like he just couldn't quite find his way into the contest. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in terms of, they seemed to West Coast seemed to chip it around a lot in their back half, and maybe because he was playing through the midfield, and he wasn't quite in the right spot to it, get it. Exactly, because I mean, in terms of marks, Shannon Hearn had eleven, McGovern had twelve, Jetta had ten, uh, Brad Shepherd had twelve. So the, um, even Jack Redden had eight. You know, there were marks to go around. It's just he yeah. didn't seem to be in the right spots. Oh. Um, Anyone uh, else you want to talk about? No, not, not particularly. So we might move on to the uh, the Magpies. And it, it's a very uncharacteristic game for wow. the Magpies because they just weren't yeah. that massive amount of uh, high fantasy scores from them. Uh, Tom Phillips was the only pie to crack the tongue. This is a very Iron Collingwood-like yeah. score line. I don't. I, I do uh, specifically remember the commentators constantly saying that West Coast had very good pressure during this game. Okay. So the pressure levels were extremely high. I just wonder if maybe West Coast put it together for once at the MCG <laughs> and got the pressure just right, which made it hard for Collingwood to play their chip and a plus six style of play. Maybe. But in saying that, you know, I mean, even players like Brody Grundy, who like a sixty-eight from Brody Grundy. A, you'd hate that because you've paid through the nose for him. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, hats off to Scotty Lysett for um, dealing with Brody Grundy so well after Nick Nat went down Absolutely, as well. Yeah, 48 to side bottom. Mm. Yeah, oh, that is... He was being tagged by Hutchings, who's turning himself into a terrific tagger at the moment. Mm. Um, and uh, for the first time in his career, might be locking himself into the best 22 at West Coast. Which is just horrible for fantasy coaches because it means there's yet another good tagger out there. Yeah. Steel Sidebottom has. Could you please look up his stats? Because I have the feeling over the past two or three weeks, he has been flat out rubbish. He's been very underwhelming. And if you have the ability, I would trade him out of your side. Like, 
I, I know I was getting frustrated with him uh, two, three or four weeks ago. And yeah, and I think both Brody and I sort of went, no, no, he's going to be fine, he's going to be fine, don't stress about it. But, um, yeah, you might have been onto something there. So he's... Look, the numbers aren't terrible. His last month, he's gone 111 versus Carlton, 81 versus... Gold Coast, which I know is the one you were annoyed about. Then he well, went that's because that was the week I traded him in. So he had the 111. And then... Yeah. then 81 against Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. 108 versus um, okay. Bombers, and then 48 this week. All right. So, so his numbers aren't terrible. It's not been as bad as I thought. It's just, you it's just got the him consistency. In, I, I would... well, you would have got him in wanting about 105 to 110 every week. Yeah. So this is the Minimum. point. This is the point here, guys. Don't look too closely at your rage trades. <laughs> look, everyone has those two or three rage trades they do every single week where you know you just react way too harshly to someone performing poorly in one particular week. Do what we just did. Look back through the stats over the past month. Um, have a little bit of a look at what their rolling average is. Don't stress too much exactly what they did in the one past week. Having said that, his next three games are against North, Richmond, and Sydney. Get him out. <laughs> Get him out. Those are three no, teams that do not give up a lot of points. Yeah, that's tough. Particularly North, with you expect Ben Jacobs to maybe be back in the side if next he's week. Playing. He's missed three of the last four weeks with concussion-related mm. late yeah, withdrawals. That's, that's tough. Um, that's not a good sign. No, it's not. But yeah, uh, whew, tough, tough to say. But still, up forty-eight is just rubbish. Yeah, that's all not, we can say. That good. is woeful. Yeah, we'll move on. We will move on. Uh, Braden Sear was injured on fifty-four. We talked about that earlier. Um, I think it was a bit of a like hip or leg injury or, or a corky, maybe. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure. So keep an eye on team sheets next week because my worry is with a, a big loss for Collingwood, and this was a proving point. This game, yeah. I know that it was they an eight-point game. Yeah, and they had a uh, they'd gone on seven. Win straight. streak or something, but in that streak, they'd only played one other team in the top eight. Yeah, so this was a sort of proving point. They couldn't get it done, and that's sort of the game where the coach will slash players. So, uh, yeah, just keep an eye on team sheets. Yep, if Sia does go 267, his break even is seven. Um, like we said, though, their, net, their run in the next three weeks isn't great, so even if he holds his spot, he'll make some more money, but. He's going to be going sooner rather than exactly. later. I mean, Ben Crocker probably loses his spot before that as well. Maybe even uh, Josh Dacos. Uh, two more players just to mention before we move on to the next game. Uh, Scotty Pendlebury, don't stress too much about that. He had a down game, but so did the rest of the pies. Um, and the only other one is, can you quickly look up what Jack Crisp's numbers have been over the past month? Because mm-hmm. I know he hasn't been particularly amazing, but I have the feeling he's actually been quite poor. So, because a lot of players, uh, coaches out there would have got him in after that outstanding run he went on through the middle of the year, yeah, uh, where he was averaging almost 105 or 110 or something stupid. But yeah. how have his scores been of late? You would be spot on. They have not been great. So, again, going over the last month, against Carlton, he had 98. Mm-hmm. Happy with that. Against Gold Coast, he had 79. Pass, but you probably want more from him. Yeah. Um, Pass for one week. Like, if he does yeah. that one week and bounces back, that's yeah. fine. And then um, Essendon got 67. Uh, and then this week, 78. Yeah, so that's three weeks in a row where he's gone sub-80, yeah, so, basically. Yeah, he, yeah, those are sort of building pressure. Is it? If you've had him in your side, would you get rid of him? 
Um, with three scores sub 80 as a defender. I would strongly consider it, yeah. If you had no other things to deal with, so and you had no more like rookies playing on your field, for example, if you had fully upgraded your team, Crisp would definitely be top of my trade-out list. Yep, I think I tend to agree with that. Yeah. All, All right, right, we'll move on to the... I'll the, just quickly oh, yeah. find his numbers. So 614,000... Um, owned by 6% of teams, 128 is his break-even. So, so he's got a massive break-even, but he's still worth a bit of money, which is the good news. Yeah, so 617, I, I think what I said. So you'll be able to get some... If you've got a little bit in the uh, bank, you can bring someone half-decent in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll move on to the uh, the absolute ripper of a game, which was the North Melbourne-Sydney clash. and. Mm. Great to see like a high-scoring close game. That's exactly what you want to watch every game, every weekend. Yeah. Um, but uh, Sydney just got the chocolates in the end. And, I mean, it wasn't the best game for fantasy footy, to be honest. But you were so enthralled by the action. That, I didn't care. Yeah. Um, Callum Sinclair was the top scorer for them with 105. Was I'd see the two Ruckman, actually, both at the top again. It was like... Um, it happened a couple of weeks ago. I think Grundy and Gorn both got the top, maybe, in their uh, the yeah, Melbourne. It happened recently. Yeah. Um, uh, Isaac Heaney was terrific with he- 103. Heaney plus. He- just a Heaney plus. Yeah, Heaney there we plus. go. Just outside of the 95 to a 100-point uh, Heaney zone. Uh, Jake Lloyd with 100. You're happy with that? Yep. Uh, Lance Franklin with 97. That's better to see for draft owners out there. Um, and anyone that for some reason may have brought him in after the injury, thinking he was a bit cheap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin, and I don't know how to pronounce this. O'Riordan. 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 That would be O'Riordan. There we go. Thank you. I'm um, assuming. I've only ever seen his name written down. So o- I'm assuming it's O'Riordan. O'Riordan. It it that does phonetically sound <laughs> sound about right. Um, so Colin O'Riordan, 84 on debut from him. He was terrific um, uh, rebounding the ball out of halfback. Mm. He'll keep his spot this week, and if you're looking for a, the cheapest playing rookie this week, he would be my pick. Yep, so he is... Where is he? 202,000. Yeah, 202,000. He's going to play. He's got a very low break even. Absolutely bring him in. Uh, Luke Parker. <laughs> oh, Luke Parker. Um... Uh, he was ridiculously bad. Uh, 17 points at halftime. I, I can't even begin to say how terrible that is. So if you somehow still have Luke Parker in your uh, salary cap team, this please is, move him on. This though. is strange because it looked like he'd turned the corner he in did. the last we fortnight were, or so. We were just saying that he looked like he was he was doing something very good. And if he can just keep that consistency up, he will be a very good player. But he's come crashing back down to earth and it makes me sad. Yep. And... Um, where is he? Josh Kennedy injured himself quite early on. He did. Uh, only 27. Do I remember right that it was a back? Yeah, it was his back in an uh, back attempt to tackle. Or something. So that's very, very interesting. And keep an eye on team sheets. He might miss this week. Yeah, that's either going to clear up very quickly or he's going to drag on for a bit. So. Yeah. They, they never seem to be those middling injuries, do they? The back spasms. It, it's always no. either they're right the next week or they're out for a month and a half. Yeah, so watch that one. Mm. Uh, so for North Melbourne's side of things, uh, we've got Toddy Goldstein, top scorer on 125. We've got a question about him, so I'm not going to talk too much about him, to be honest. Fair enough. Um, suffice to say... We, we don't know what's going on, though. No. And, and also, <laughs> really, Todd? Really? 
now. I've still got him. I know. <laughs> Through no skill or ability of your own, but if I might add. You held the faith. No, you didn't hold the faith. You just had too much other shit to deal with. No, held the faith. You can't I had, sit I... over there smugly and say that you held the faith. I did have opportunities to move him on and chose not to. Yes, because you had worse options on the other lines no, you had to I fix made up. a decision. And I oh, hold the faith. Oh, God. Uh, we'll move on. <laughs> um, great game from Jack Zebel and from a fantasy point of view, but he ain't kicking five goals in one every week. No, he's not. But do you reckon he might be forward eligible next year? Of course he will. Absolutely. He's been playing forward almost all year, I would say. Or at least since the uh, you know first month of the year. Yeah. So you're going to be really excited we get to talk about him a lot next year. No, I'm not, because I'm not going to talk about him next year. Because even as a forward, he just doesn't seem fantasy relevant. This is probably... I mean, I'm not sure of his numbers, and you can look them up if you want, but I have the feeling that this is his first 100-plus um, score, like really Ooh, big score, really? in the past six weeks. Oh, you're putting a lot of qualifiers on this. Yeah, well, no, no. Well, obviously he's had a couple of other hundreds in there, but um, I'm going to suggest that he was averaging closer to 80, if not 75, before that. Uh, that's actually a big call. I might, might no, walk actually, back you're, you're pretty close on that. Was He's I? Only had three tons this year. Three tons. Okay, yeah, lot of set high seventies and eighties though. Yeah, and and he had actually he's had a lot of eighties and nineties. So. And it's just not enough to be considered a top forward. So, yes, he'll move up in draft rankings, absolutely, for redraft leagues. draft guy next year, he's going to be very interesting. But he's still not in that top bracket even as a forward. Because no, 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 I wouldn't look at him in salary cap, but in draft he's going to be very interesting. Because the danger is that he's got forward status, but he's not one of those, for, uh, you know, in quotes, uh, forwards who's really playing midfield time. No, he's actually playing forward. He's actually playing forward, which is it's yeah. not great. Uh, some of the other high scorers there, Sean Higgins was great for 98, and Ben Brown, this was his week to stand up with a four goals and two behinds. Yep. I think uh, he's actually had a decent month, Ben Brown. <coughs> been really average mm. fantasy-wise for most of the year, but his yeah. last month's been pretty good. But he's owned by about 78 or 80% of the competition in ultimate footy, so he's he's not even on the waiver wires to pick up quite no. cheap. Uh, some of the other players, Luke Davies' Uniac showed a little bit with a 69, which was good to see. Uh Paula Hearn keeps getting it done with a 78, yep. so he's still making you some cash either on the sidelines or even on the field. Um, he sh- he's probably one of the... He's probably the last guy that I would be upgrading at the yeah, moment. he can hold his spot. Because he now. can hold his spot in the forward line on your field even at the moment. Um, yeah, I think that's all I really want to break mention. Break even is 21. Mm. Oh, he's got some money to make for you still. Uh... Ryan Clark was just woeful, if I can mention him. I, I had high hopes for him at the start of the year, but he was on nine He's points just at been halftime. <clears throat> taunting you all year. Oh, mate. I just. Uh, even, not even in the team for most of it. Uh, we all have our bad calls. Uh, some, oh, I've had a lot this year. Some more than others, but that was one of mine. I'll, <laughs> I'll absolutely Breakout admit to that. Breakout player of the year? Oh, jeez. That was. Uh, that hurt. <laughs> that, that's just... Mine's not a lot better. No, I was about to say. Who was your breakout player of the year, if I might? Matty Kennedy. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I'd say slightly better, but not a lot. Yeah, well, my guy's been forced out through uh, being dropped, and your guy's been forced out through injury sometimes, so yep. your player probably wins. Um, we'll move on to the last game of the round, which, uh, I mean, for the first half, just looked like a, a literal uh, garbage fire. This was not a fun way to... End the round. If the game we just mentioned was the exact way you want football to be played and you want to watch football, 
this is the the first half particularly was the exact opposite. I know there's there's a huge difference in terms of it was at Eddie had the other game, the roof was closed, perfect conditions. Yeah. Uh, it was a bit rainy over here in Perth. Um, you know, the ground was really sodden underneath. Uh, there were some injuries to some of the star players from Port. But I, I do get the feeling that Frio are going back into the, the good old-fashioned Ross Lyon defensive style, particularly without, uh, like, Fife, for example, yep. in the side. And it's I don't think that's going to lead to too many wins for Fremantle. And I also don't think... Uh, even the wins are ugly wins. And, and it, that's what I was just about to say. Even the wins are ugly wins, which aren't going to win over fans. I don't know. It, we were all about it when we were going... And going for the Premiership, but yeah. at the moment it's just painful to watch. At the, it, it almost seems like football has evolved beyond that particular style, and Frio are really the last sort of team yeah. bringing up the rear in terms the of AFL that. definitely wants it to evolve beyond that. Absolutely, I mean, even to, um, like obviously Richmond are such a fast-moving team, and Bulldogs the year before that were a quick-moving team. Hawthorne's always been that more creative side. Um, but just in terms of the fantasy, uh, some good scores from the Dockers. We had David Mundy with 122, who's been pretty solid if you picked him up in draft as a forward this year. He's been pretty solid for you. Very good. Um, Luke Ryan, much better to see him bounce back after a poor score last week. He's had, I think, two or three bad scores, so this was really good yeah. um, at this stage of the year. Draft relevance only, obviously, though. And Sean Darcy, obviously, he's going to be a great future player, but not something to look into this year because, obviously, after halftime, Pat Port didn't have a Ruckman, basically. Yeah. Uh, they were dealing with either one of Westco- uh, Westhoff or Dixon. And, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously, Sean Darcy was just going to monster those guys. Yeah, he's a big unit. He's a he's a man-child, but what a man-child. He's huge. <laughs> he is. Uh, Ed Langdon with 97. Good to see in the, uh, the poor conditions uh, yep. that he can rack up and it doesn't just have to be all uncontested outside stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Brad he, Hill was actually quite good. He was very good as well. He was probably well. our, our cleanest player, I think. Mm. Uh, and then some of the other guys, you know, Lockie Neal... Again, he was one of the better players in this contest, and somehow, in the conditions, he only laid one tackle, which baffled me. Yeah. Just baffled me. So He was very good, though. He was very good in terms of the game, but he's he's really been underwhelming so far this year From a in fantasy, fantasy. perspective, Just yeah. He's really getting his scores purely through weight of numbers, mm. nothing else. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Cox is one to keep an eye on next year for Keeper Leagues. Just, mm. just keep an eye on it. He's had a couple of uh, good and solid games this year. He has, yeah. If he can put the consistency together and be the main man at Fremantle, he'd yeah, be very he's got interesting. Really strong hands as well. He I like does. his marking a lot. Jeez, uh, is there anyone else you want to talk about from Frio? Walters. Oh no. So he's had, I think, three weeks now yeah. without five, yeah. or two and a half weeks maybe without five, and he just hasn't he shown has that he can every, step up every week yeah. since he came back from that suspension. He's been woeful. I'm not putting all the blame on him because I know he's spending a lot of time in the forward line. Yeah. But even when he's getting runs through the midfield, he's just not getting enough of it. Yeah, so I Move him on. If you brought him in as that risk, uh, as a you know point of difference because you thought Fife has gone down, this is his chance to step up, you need to move him on. Yeah. And uh, if you've got him in draft, he's not playable. Not he, starting. He's not playable. Shit. That I, is a big call. But I might even back in on that, to be honest. I, he's, I would not be comfortable starting him. That's... Wow, that I mean, that's a big call, but 
I, which I means he's probably going to come out and get like 110 this week. Good, good. You've got you've really got to set the fire under some of these players, Matt. That is your job in this podcast, apparently. Yeah, as if they're actually ever going to hear what I say. Uh, <laughs> uh, for uh, for Port Adelaide, uh, Ollie Wines was top scorer with 118. Great stuff from him. Um, I mean. Again, it's it's tough to say. He's a draft guy only. He had yeah. those amazing three games in the middle of the year and then lost that consistency. Yeah. Again, he's just not a salary cap guy this year. No, agreed. Uh, fall off uh, from there to Chad Wingard, who keeps on going with a 97. Still absolutely a top six forward yeah. until he shows <laughs> otherwise for me. Yep, 609,000. Break-even of 84, owned by 12% of teams. Yeah. Um, he's still gettable. Absolutely. Um, the, and I'm going to skip past a couple of players here to also bring in Tom Rockliffe with an 80. Tom Rockliffe played a lot up forward after Robbie Gray went down. Yeah, I was going to ask, was that after? Loss. Yeah. Uh, he was planted at full forward at one stage in the game mm-hmm. so, and couldn't get the ball because not only were Port not getting it down there, but when they did, they just kicked it in a hurry and Luke Ryan was almost there every time to yeah, pick it off. Yeah, he did a lot of intercepting. Uh, so, if... Robbie Gray is out this week with the concussion. Mm-hmm. I have no issue with moving on Tom Rockliffe, even though he's been good the past couple of weeks. The other before. thing, though, is whether they might swing Wingard into that role. That is another worry, but it does seem that they're playing Wingard more through the midfield. I mean, Wingard was pretty, still pr- uh, almost a pure midfielder even after Robbie Gray went down. The fact that they swung Rockliffe down first as a knee-jerk reaction does mm. kind of give away a little bit for me as to what the coaches think about their positions. Uh, yep. However, I've heard that Robbie Gray pulled up really well from his concussion, which is great yes. news. Yeah. So hopefully he plays next week. And, I mean, obviously, I don't like talking about upsides with injury because it sounds really morbid, actually. <laughs> yeah. But from a fantasy point of view, uh, Robbie Gray having that concussion means the coaches are probably less likely to play him in the guts which means that he will play all that forward time next week, I would suggest, which means Rockcliffe and Wingard will play more midfield time, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, good news there. Um, Paddy Ryder, that hurts as well. Yeah. A lot of big guys going down this week, actually. Obviously, the two big ones, Paddy Ryder and Nick Knapp, but Ryder looks like he's going to miss weeks. So, yeah, unfortunately, you may even have to move him on depending on how long he's out in draft leagues. Because if he just misses your finals leagues, there's no point holding him on the bench, even though he's one of the best ruckmen. Yeah, and they they wouldn't take too many chances with him because, well, I guess they need to really solidify that final spot first because they it's do. not completely solidified yet. Yeah. But assuming that they manage to, they're going to want him ripe for the finals, so they're not going to risk him. Keep an eye they, on the injury list. Unless they need those wins to get into finals. Agreed. Uh, just going back up to some of the other higher scorers, Justin Westhoff was terrific with a 94. Nice and solid from him. Uh, Sam Pell Pepper was consistent with that 82. Mm-hmm. He's pretty much landed around, around about that 80-ish. almost every single week. Yeah. So. This is, his, this is his second year. Hopefully he can push up from that next year because he's yep. got real ability to be a fantasy player. Mm. Um, and I think that's all I really want to bring up from this game, which was the yep. last of the round. Same. Yeah, so what we're going to do is, again, we're going to break the podcast up. We'll be back in the next segment for our mailbag section where we'll answer your questions from Twitter. And, of course, play our favorite game, Risk It for the Biscuit, for another week. So yes. join us in the mailbag section shortly. 